All right, we roll into hour two. It's the Plank Show. Um, now, typically, my show's 9 to noon, doing 12 to 2.30-ish today because we're celebrating a big meet tomorrow inside the Lloyd Noble Center, Oklahoma and Michigan, 7.45 start for women's gymnastics. Get your tickets now at Soonersports.com slash tickets. And we're t- uh, pumped to be joined by Booker T. Washington's very own Sheridan Ramsey. What's up, Sheridan? How What's are you? up? We had this whole moment that Danae Fletcher had to sit through where I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember watching you when you were a little kid. Danae Fletcher, straight out of Philly. What's going on today? How are you? What's up? How are you? You guys good? Yeah. We're great. Ready to go. Um, great. Jeez, uh, so many things to get to. I'm still kind of shook a little bit today, in case you can't tell. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. That, it, I, I went, Danae's probably like, I went to do this interview, and this guy's like freaking out because he knew Sheridan <laughs> when she was a little kid. Um, but what's uh, Norman been like for you? Much different world than Philly, I would imagine. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. So, like, here is definitely just quieter, <laughs> I would say. For sure, a lot quieter. There's not really a lot going on. So, I've gotten used to my weekly target trips, and that's what I like. Okay. Uh, and, and Sheridan, you've grown up yeah. knowing Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of all, was this a dream come true to get that, to come yes. down here and compete? Yes. I mean, I like toured a lot of schools, but like here was very championship mentality and I just wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to win a national championship. So today that was a pro move, by the way. That was a pro move with the microphone. Well done on your part. Did you catch that? She caught that she was breathing in the mic and she moved the back a little bit. This ain't your first rodeo, is it? You've oh, it the- is. I oh, was just, I, I just didn't like to hear myself breathe. <laughs> you looked around, it's like, all right, so the fat guy's not breathing into his mic. Uh, <laughs> Sheridan's got hers figured out. So thank you. Danae, you mentioned target trips. Mm-hmm. Now, how many times have you gone into a target with a plan and you end up coming out spending 10 times more than you expected? Every time. Every time. I just want to make sure I'm not I don't, alone. I don't go in there planning to buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then I leave with, like, a car. 20 items, and I'm like, oh, God. How did this just happen? And then they add the grocery store side of it over Facts. the last five years. It's like, what are we doing here? But, no, it's it's cool. And everything is right there. Yep. There's a Target there, and then you got a restaurant, you got TJ Maxx. But mm-hmm. it's for you, what has the adjustment been like? And were you guys necessarily in big city versus coming to Norman? What was that like for you? Um. Well, it was kind of just always a lot going on. So gotcha. most of the time you really didn't know what was happening. But when you're, like, in Norman and you kind of just know what's going to happen every day. Like, if you're planning, like, a weekend trip, you know, oh, I'm just going to go to, like, the centers or something. Or I'll just go eat at a restaurant with my friends. But if in, like, Philly, it's like, what do we want to do? Like, (laughs) do we want to drive an hour to go to Blacktop? Or do we want to go to New York? And it's just so different here. Yeah, it's a little different world. For you, Sheridan, you know, growing up here and, and competing at Booker T. Washington, there's not a lot of well, and maybe I'm wrong, but from a high school level, you you have to kind of get outside of high school in mm-hmm. order to compete like you want in gymnastics. What was that like for you? Yeah, so I was actually in a club like gymnastics, which like that's what a lot of people do, but there's not a whole lot of schools or right. like, there's not a whole lot of gyms in Tulsa. So there's like three like that I can name, and we kind of just like took me to meets like that. That's just what I did. Like it wasn't necessarily like in my school, but right. everybody knew that I did gymnastics. So, so with that in mind, um, and, and this for you, Sheridan, you have a very athletic family. Like your your brother is going to play college football. Yeah. What, William and Mary? Did William you Penn. William Penn, okay. Yeah. Um, your dad was a, a really great athlete. So from that perspective, what is it like to kind of have that support system? Um, it's definitely like a blessing just so like they know what I'm going through and they know like – 
that they're not going to sugarcoat anything. Right. So, like, if I'm having a tough day, they're like, okay, like, get out of it. Like, so it's not just, they're not just going to be like, oh, like, and coddle me and all that. They're going to be like, well, you came here to make your dreams come true. Like, right. make it happen. So, um, obviously, I mean, uh, Danae, you've, you've, you've experienced the highest of highs and lows of lows, you know, yeah. with, with your fam, but you had four siblings there. So, what's kind of that family dynamic been like for you? <laughs> well, we have a crazy family for sure. Um, no one knows anything about gymnastics, so it's <laughs> or any type of sports for that matter. They're like, wait, what? Are you like, serious? Yeah, it's it's really crazy. So my the only sports fan we have would have been my dad and my uh, my brother. Right. So they're football fans, but they have no idea about gymnastics. They're like, what's that thing that you do? The rings? I'm like, I don't do rings. <laughs> I'm like, that's the men's gymnastics. Come on, we gotta keep up. And it's just so crazy because it's just, like, the endless support. So I kind of have the opposite of Sheridan. But I'm telling them, like, you got to tell me to, like, get out of it. Like, you can't just say, it's okay. Like, And they're like, oh, I just want to support you. I'm like, no, get me out of it. Supporting me is yeah. telling me to buck up. Yeah, let's go. Like, let's go. That's good. Um, so how did you know? When did you find out, okay, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. This is something I can do. Um, well, pretty much my whole gymnastics career, I was just told that I was super talented. Um, but I didn't really have that it factor, like the clean gymnastics. I didn't really have that until I started a new gym and I reworked my whole gymnastics. Like I started over from everything. I only did a kip cast handstand wow. for two months, 10 of those, every bar workout. And that's pretty much how I got to stand out. And that's when I knew that I was actually good because I was putting up those big scores in club, um, which is pretty hard to do. Um, but that's just pretty much how my gymnastics career goes. Like I just continually focused on like the progress. Same for you. Um, mine is a little bit different path. I, um, come from a smaller gym. Like I was the first to do a lot of things at that gym. Oh, wow. So, like me being Aim a, high academy. Yes. Okay. Yes. Me being a level 10, there was like a really big thing. But like in my head, I'd always said, Hey, I'm going to go to the Olympics. Right. But then like that, that didn't change like that that goal changed. So I was like, okay, like I want to go to college gymnastics. I knew that when I was eight years old. And so I kind of, I pushed my coach to, to let me go to these big meets and like just showcase what I can do. So my, I kind of, I think my head was a lot stronger than my potential, like than what I was doing and what gotcha. I, what scores I was doing. So like, I don't know. I was pretty headstrong on where I that's, wanted to go. No, that's great. I mean, it seems like you both are pretty headstrong when it comes to it. Um, Danae, what's what's it been like now at the collegiate level to where it's competing all the time? And you came in at semester in 21, so this is kind of your first full year. What's that experience been like for you? Um, well, it's I'll definitely say it's really different um, in a good way because that first season I was sitting out. So it's definitely a lot different with the adjustments to your body, with practice. Got to make sure your nutrition stays up, your recovery, which is a lot harder. We stayed home. We stayed home when uh, the team would fly places. So it would be like we kind of had like four, three days off. So it's definitely different now when you right. have no days off or when you're coming back to back and going to do a double meet this weekend. So it's definitely a big adjustment, but I love it. It's been a challenge too, Sheridan. I, I, I would imagine for your patience because we're all competitors. Well, you all are competitors. <laughs> you want to compete, but sometimes you're you're on the sidelines. Has that been tough for you, or does that just motivate you more? Um. So last year I had a like I tore my Achilles, so Ooh. I was out for the whole year. But like it made me realize like 
I'm not just here to do gymnastics. Like, I'm here to feed into my teammates and, like, make sure that they get to where they want to go. And then the blessing came this year that, like, now I'm getting to compete after my injury. And, like, just being able to showcase what I came here to do has just been, like, the most – like joyous things so you know and, and Danae I love your personality already and we just met but this seems like a team that's full of, of characters and I mean that in a good way it seems like you guys all get along really well so you're there to pick each other down or, or give them the old hey snap out of it let's go yeah. seems like this is a good group mm-hmm. it's uh it's really great we all have personalities that clash in good ways um I definitely say like most of us were for example, like Belle Johnson, like she's always the, you got this, like very calm and Reagan. She's always like, let's go, like, let's go. <laughs> like, let's rock, kid. That's what she says all the time. Let's rock, kid. Let's go. And it's just so funny because like it really makes the team such have such a great connection. And I just love that about this team. Every time I look at you, I, I, I just think <laughs> – I saw I saw this girl. She was she was running around the ballpark back in the day. So her brother played ball with my mm-hmm. little boy, and now they're uh, grown men going off to colleges. <laughs> yeah. So how cool is that for you to see your brother accomplish what it's, he wants? It's definitely like so cool to see. Just like after what he's been through, like just him. He played three different positions in his four years of high school. Wow. So like he just got recruited from for quarterback his senior year. So he had perseverance and he just wanted to go to college and go to the next go play football at the next level so he was able to do that and like seeing that it was just so, so cool, cool to see so cool all right uh listen i'll let you guys get to practice but before i got one more for each of you all right danae i'll start with you take me through the difference a crowd makes i mean we want to see a massive crowd here mm-hmm. tomorrow night we want to see this place packed you can speak to it firsthand you've seen it this year you've competed in it how much of a difference can this crowd make such a big difference it's all about energy i feel like in these type of meets the more the crowd energizes the team, the better we do. We just feed off of everyone's energy, the teams, the crowds, even the haters. Like, that's <laughs> just how we roll. <laughs> that's just how we roll here. <laughs> Same for you, Sharon. And we, we love to see great energy. And you know Sooner Nation can show out. Yes, we, like, coming from Florida and seeing that that, like, sold out fans, but none of them rooting for you, it's like that would be just crazy to have that here and them rooting for us. It would just be for a, for a sport that always seems sometimes to be so prim and proper, it's really not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I figured that for out. sure. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> what was that like then? When you're like, oh, wait a minute, they're not being quiet while I'm doing it this. It was insane. <laughs> like, it didn't even happen for me, though, but I remember talking to Reagan after, and she was like, the beam was shaking. Yes. The beam was shaking. I that, yeah. And I was like, I couldn't hear myself thinking I was cheering for you. And she was like, I was like, did you hear me? She was like, no. <laughs> like, I was just so amazed. Like, as soon as you, like, walked in there and you just, even when you just look around, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, this That's is going to awesome. be this is going to be a tough one. <laughs> well, let's make it a tough one tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, Sheridan, thank you. Yeah, uh, It's great to see you again. Thank you. Danae, I, you're a rock star. I mean, we got to do this more let's often. Let's go. You guys are great. Let's go. Awesome stuff. Oh, you miss you again tomorrow night. Thanks, girls. We appreciate it. Thank They're you off. so much. They're off to practice. That's Sheridan Ramsey and Danae Fletcher. And KJ Kindler joins us next. The Plank Show's on the road at OU Women's Gymnastics right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, the Plank Show rolls on. We are on the road at the... 
I always say it wrong, Lou. Sam Vierson. Sam Vierson. Look at me. Uh, Lou Ball and Tom Haley have been kind enough to join us. They are the uh, associate head coaches for OU Women's Gymnastics. Guys, uh, we get to do this, what, once or twice a year, so we're just going to talk for the next 40 minutes. No, you got practices to get into. Tom, how have you been, man? Great. Oh, well, hold on. Well, I guess it would help if I turned your mic on. Yeah. Rookie mistake. My Everything's great. So, we're, uh... When I came Have in, did time. I disrupt a meeting whenever I just came barging into the door earlier? That's that's really been heavy on me. I come barging into this door. Tom Lou and KJ are in here working. Am well, I in trouble already? I don't know that you barged in. The door was open, so you just kind of <laughs> walked through the door. Walked my way in like a yeah. vagabond with all yeah. these uh, bags. You feel good yeah. about things, Lou? How do you feel about the way things are going so far this year? feel great about it. Uh, girls are doing well, and we're getting some key players back on board here heading down the stretch. So. Things are looking real well. Well, let's just let's let's talk about some of those people coming back. We talked to Olivia Troutman. Um, Tom, I don't know which one of you guys work more with Liv, but just to have her attitude back, I mean, she just beams personality, doesn't she? Yeah, you know, she was had a similar situation last year. Yeah, um, she was out the majority of the season, and once she was inserted back into the lineups, it kind of leveled out. We were doing okay, but when you have somebody like Olivia in the lineup, you feel an extra comfort. Um, before you're going to compete. Or, or if she comes behind you, you know she's there. Right. And she's essentially what I like to call a mistake eraser. If there is something in front of her, she's she's completely reliable. So we went, once she got back in the lineup, we went four straight scores of 198-plus to finish the season and almost won a national championship within, you know, less than a tenth. So she's a she's a key component for sure. The um, I know you work mostly with the bars. Right? Am I getting better here on Bar, who bars and bars and vault? Bars and vault, and Tom, you do bars the and floor. Bars and floor. So when you see the bars, both of you, it's got to be a, a sense of pride to see how good this team has been on bars this year. Yeah, they've been they've been doing really well. Uh, been ranked number one all season, I believe, up until this past week, uh, which I believe Michigan has passed us. So mm-hmm. we'll find out the truth tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good uh, way to look at it. But yeah, it's the the bar squad has been doing a great job. Um, we. I believe are the best team on the bar in the country. We just got to clean up our landings a little bit, and once we do that, uh, sky's the limit for that for that roster. Okay, so in season, how difficult is that to make the adjustments you want to make to practice as much as you want, but keep the the bodies as fresh as they need to be to avoid injuries, but also work on technically. What's that challenge like? Well, we've all been doing this a long time together, so we really understand each other, uh, both even. Tom doing floor and me doing vault. They're both leg events. So, you know, I'm always trying to be mindful of what's going to happen on floor the next day and and vice versa and making sure you don't overload people and you train smart. Um, You know, we we don't do a lot of numbers, uh, but but we do very, very focused numbers. Uh, Try not to waste any turns and be super efficient when we're in here with our time. It's because it's a balance, right, Tom? Absolutely. It's absolutely balanced. You know, and it's – it's also person de- de- dependent as well, you mm-hmm. know, like um, like somebody like Olivia. She's coming back. Her uh, priority is probably going to be vault next. She's been in beam, but her priority is going to be vault. So when she's on bars, we're watching how many landings she might take. She's not taking very many over there. We're trying to keep that leg as fresh as possible so that we can get her going on vault as soon as possible because of what I alluded to earlier, what she will bring, not only, you know, her score, but mm-hmm. the calming effect. So cool, man. This is. I was just thinking about this because I was thinking – uh, 2007 was your first year, right? Um, day one was 07 for you guys too? Yep, same. All came here the same year. I don't know if there's – is there, Lindsay, a coaching crew that's been as together as long as the women's gym crew has been? 
Dude, that's pretty amazing, man. What, Lou, what's kind of kept you guys like each other? I mean, that's number one. <laughs> that helps quite a bit even. Like, I'll see you out every now and then, maybe yeah. at a dinner post me. But it seems like everyone kind of gets along. But you guys have success. That helps too, right? Yeah, uh, success helps. Uh, I think it probably speaks to our success, having right. our staff stay together this long. Uh, you can add Jen Capuzzo, our trainer, yeah. to that. She's been here all 17 years too. So it's been the four of us for 17 straight years, and that is – unrivaled in NCAA gymnastics and maybe in all of coaching. I don't know. Maybe so. It'd be something to be interesting to, to find out. But. We've, we've given Lindsay an off-season project now, 17 <laughs> years together. But, I mean, Tom, what kind of keeps you coming back? Because there's been opportunities for, I mean, both of you, if you wanted to go be a head coach somewhere, but what, what keeps bringing you yeah, back? Yeah, there's, there's been opportunities here and there, but quite honestly, I don't think you can recreate what we've done here. Um, the balance that we have between all of us, the difference in personalities is kind of a puzzle, and it fits really well together. Um, and when opportunity would ever knock before, to me it was never really a consideration because of what we had created here as a staff um, and obviously the, the success. But it's, you, you know, you hear the saying, a great couple, they, they complete each other's sentences. Mm-hmm. We're kind of there, man. We're kind of like <laughs> we walk into the gym and, and we know – Right. Everybody knows the standard, the expectation. Everybody knows every. You know, you know. I know what Lou's thinking. KJ knows what I'm thinking. It's all can't really all replicate that. No, you can't. That's you tough. Can't. Yeah, it is tough. I and mean, you see a lot of assistant coaches go, and they're gonna they're gonna recreate the next. We'll just use us as an example. They're gonna recreate the next Oklahoma, and they don't do it because it's really it's a match of personalities and people and passion and drive and alignment that way. Yeah, it's more than just. Um, KJ or Maggie Nichols, it's that collaborative of the For three sure. of you. And, and you mentioned, I'm sorry, I already forgot the athletic trainer's name. Jen. Jen, coming together and, and, and it all works together. I, how did you guys come together? Well, I mean, Lou, this is kind of easy with you and KJ. <laughs> but, uh, Tommy, you were over at Kentucky, right? So was, how, yeah. how did you guys all kind of come together to decide, all right, let's let's do this at Oklahoma? So we were we were all kind of in a similar boat. They were coaching college at Iowa, Iowa State. Iowa State, right? Yeah. And is, Lou, is that where you and KJ met? It no? is. Okay. And – uh they, we also were club coaches at the same time, so we okay. were doing a college thing. I was a volunteer assistant coach at the University of Alabama. And through the club coaching circuit, we had come to know each other. Iowa State actually had traveled down to Alabama a few times to compete with Alabama. Um, we would get together on the road at, at uh, different club meets. Um, we had kids on what's called a TOPS national team at the same time, so we would meet up there. And then uh, these guys – had asked me to come work their summer camp a couple of times, so I'd go over and work their summer camp. And um, it was the year this job came open in Oklahoma. And KJ and I were recruiting together in Oklahoma City at the Junior Olympic National Championships. Oh, wow. And we knew the job was open, and, and she had looked at me, and she goes, man, I wonder who's going to get that job. So we were like, I don't know. We'd, you know, you just kick it around and speculate, whatever. So I'm supposed to come work their camp that same summer. And usually they were on the ball with travel itinerary. I'd get it way in advance. Here's where you're staying. You're doing this at 1. You're doing this at 3. And kind of like our itinerary for our team right now. Right. And I hadn't heard from him. And I'm supposed to be there the next week. So I called, left a message. KJ calls me back and says, hey, uh, Lou's working on your trip right now. Um, and i got to talk to you about something. And immediately in my mind I go, Oklahoma? And it just came out of my mouth. And she goes, how did you know? <laughs> So I don't know. I just had a feeling you this guys were so behind. This is before the gym turned out, right? Yeah. This is before <laughs> sure, that. totally, totally, totally. So that's kind of how that all worked out, you know, and, wow. and that's how it all came together. And, and uh, met him here in Oklahoma, toured everything, rode back with him in the car to Iowa State to go work that camp. 
And then uh, it's not a short drive. At the end of the camp, I told him, "Let's do it." That's awesome. What, what attracted you guys, Lou? From well, I mean, listen, I'm not going to get into an Ames versus Norman comparison here, but what was it about Oklahoma you think that attracted you guys to say this is our next step? Well, when we were at Iowa State, we were having some success. Uh, it was limited, and, and we felt like we had probably taken them as far as we could take them without uh, them wanting to further the program. Gotcha. So we ran into some roadblocks there, and we had made a list. Honestly, we had made a list of 10 schools at the time that we thought could do better or could win a national title if if all the everything was in line so you know the oklahoma we actually um interviewed or or talked uh to the oregon state people back then too or sorry not oregon state washington Hmm. and decided that it wasn't for us moving way out west it was super expensive to live there so we stayed put and then the oklahoma opportunity came up and it was on the list wow of places that we thought could win but just couldn't figure out that had had that financial backing had the athletic department had Joe Castiglione, a great athletic director, uh, and, and ultimately it came down to a choice of, you know, after talking to Joe for a few days, uh, talking about the direction of the program and what we could do and how we could get there, uh, convincing us that it could be done here, and then the decision was made to come here. How, um, and again, uh, it's national title after national title since you're looking at him in front of it. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of wild to think about that. I, and again, you know, softball, men's gym, uh, football, you know, it's it's almost now it's become national title or we're not happy. And I know it's been a minute for for football, but that that's the level of expectation you guys have set, and that's got a, I mean, it raises the bar pretty high, but that's a pretty amazing level of expectation, isn't it? It is, you know, but it, it's kind of the the expectation that comes from within too. I mean, that's I don't know that we're focused completely on that as our standard our standard basically comes from the inside we're, we're we're competitors oh absolutely at yeah. the end of the day we want to win you know and it, it doesn't matter if we've won before or we haven't to me the hardest part is is winning that first one you know and 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 learning how to do it and what it requires and then moving forward you can build everything around that um so yeah the expectation is there but i don't think it's a higher expectation than we place on ourselves and on each other and on our athletes mm. just to become great at what we're doing you know it's um it, it, it's wild to think of how the last couple of years have progressed um and we're, we're talking women's gymnastics with lou and tom tom haley and of course lou ball uh hanging out with us as we get set for tomorrow's big meet against michigan soonersports.com slash tickets because now we got to meet friday night lou that the eyes of the country are on in the women's gymnastics world how cool is it to see how this sport has grown and how with this sport growing this program has grown too with it yeah, the potential for growth, it's not even potential anymore. It's growing. It, it's like a weed out of control right now. Um, it's going to be on national television, on ESPN. A great matchup, one versus two. Um, I don't like to think of it as a rematch of last year because they're not the same teams. Right. Although there's a lot of people on, on both teams that are back, but they're not the same team, so I wouldn't call it a rematch. But it certainly is a, a big, big challenge and a big meet that a lot of people are going to be watching and, you know, these kids that are that are here and, and on Michigan's team, you know, they chose to go to those schools to have moments like this and be in competitions like this. And you talk about expectations of trying to win a national title, but these kids come here knowing that that's what they want to be a part of. So it's not like we have to 
push it on them when they get right. here. They, they already know, and, and it's what they want to. So, you know, when their goals are in line with your goals as coaches, it makes it a lot easier to push through the journey and, and, and pursue championships. You know, and, and Tom, I brought this up quite a bit today. You guys have experienced some pretty raucous road environments this year. Utah, from what I've been told, was pretty wild. Florida, uh, who was a, I can't remember if it was Reagan or Jordan that was talking about feeling the beam shake after a perfect 10 <laughs> yeah. was announced. We can, we, we've got more capacity here than they did there. It's important to try to create a big raucous home court environment, home, home turf environment, if you will. Yeah, the, the home floor environment is essential um, in, in these types of meets. As, as coaches, as athletes, you feel the uh, enormity of the challenge um, just being out there on the floor. But as a visitor, you feel the, the added energy when the, when the crowd is large and they're loud and they're totally engaged in, in the competition. And like you said, we've been a part of it. Listen, Nationals is like that. Mm-hmm. Because there, there's four teams on the floor and the cheering is loud like that, and it never stops right. because the athletes are going a different time, and somebody will hit the ground on a landing on some event, and we'll have somebody in the middle of a beam routine, and the crowd is cheering, and it's going crazy. So it actually is – we kind of welcome it because it's preparing you for what's what's to come down the road. That's cool. But we would love to have the beam shake tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Michigan's on the beam. Yeah. yeah. Let's go, people. When Michigan's Let's go. on the beam. We need, we, we need some shaking. I love it, man. Well, it's uh, it's fun to catch up with you guys. Um, I feel like I get a chance to kind of to, through KJ talk to you and about you every single Tuesday. But uh, Tom feels like things are rocking for you. Kids good? Wife kids, good? Kids are good, man. Wife is good. How old's your uh, daughters now? The daughters are eight and uh, five. They just turned eight and five. My son will be. I was just talking to the girls outside. My son will be. I forgot double about digits Levi. here. March. Really? March seventeenth. Yeah, we're celebrating the eighth birthday today. Lou, I know the kids are good. You guys are running nonstop, right? Yeah, I'm I'm getting nervous. I have one that's getting her driver's permit in a week, so <laughs> I'm up against it in so in the nervous. worst kind of way. I tell you, it's it's. The, have you ridden with her? Yeah. Uh, in the neighborhood, okay. ag- against the legal right. status, but right? Yes. No, I I did the same thing. I let my son drive around. It's the most. I let him. We came over here and drove around the parking lot, and I'm not kidding you. He almost hit one of the bike <laughs> Twice. It's very interactive. Seems safe, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, seems yeah. safe. But again, uh, Tom and it, Lou, we need a great crowd here tomorrow night. That's what this is all about. Yes, let's do it. Soonersports.com slash tickets. Tom Haley, Lou Ball. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you stepping thanks, out of Chris. practice, staying with us. Appreciate Thank you. you. Good Have stuff. Women's yeah. gymnastics against Michigan tomorrow night. OU Michigan uh, rematch the national championship from last year. Thanks to Tom and Lou. See you guys. Um, quick break. We'll come back. Lindsay Morrison's going to join us. We'll talk about the numbers side of things for the OU women's gymnastics team coming up next right here on the Plank Show. All right, so today has been a day in celebration of, well, preparation and celebration, celebration of a great season so far for OU women's gymnastics, but also a big one tomorrow night against Michigan. Lindsay Morrison joins us. I don't know. I feel like there's like 10 different labels I could give. Media relations guru, director of communications, the person in charge of the Women's College World Series. How's the season been for you so far? It's been good. You know, it's we've definitely had some ups and downs. You know, the girls have alluded to that. But I think this team, more than anyone, knows how to handle adversity. And they know how to handle the wins and the losses and, you know, the injuries. They just – they're a team that – they just know how to handle adversity. And I, it makes me really proud of them and, you know, really proud to to be working with them every day. you got a captive audience right now. I do. That's God. my little buddy. Gosh, look at him. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, so we've talked to a lot of student athletes today, and it's been great. And I, 
I mean, I'm not just saying this because maybe worth an earshot. I think they've all been great. They've I mean, been I amazing. Really what a cool group to get to work with. It seems like from an outsider's perspective, they really have a good chemistry. They do. You know, they, I follow all of them on social media. That's part of the job is, you know, just making sure that their social is, you know, what we want to be representing. And I can just see the camaraderie. And, you know, we've been doing senior videos all week and they're all sharing them and just talking about the seniors. And they're always sharing posts of each other and, you know, hyping each other up. And they're, they're each other's biggest fans, but they're also big fans of the people who work around them. Um, my grandmother passed away about a month ago and, you know, the girls were all sending me messages like, you know, we're so, so cool. sorry. And just, you know, people don't realize that there's this whole team behind the team. And, you know, we are just as involved as the coaching staff and the trainers. And so, you know, to have the girls all reaching out, like it was, it makes you really feel like you are part of the team. With that in mind, where's their, uh, where do you see their strengths so far this year? What's kind of been the, the thing that's really kind of popped to you for this team this year? Honestly, it's the youth. Um, I mean, We've done 192 routines this year, and 109 have been performed by a freshman or a sophomore. That's 65% of our routines are being done by underclassmen. I mean, our vault lineup right now has one upperclassman, Allie Stern. Everybody else, freshman or sophomore. So we are just, we're so young, but then you look at it and you go, wow, Oklahoma's putting up these numbers with youth. Think of what we're going to look like when those kids are juniors and seniors, and they've been competing for three and four years because there's some programs that brought back a lot more fifth year seniors than we did that their youth isn't competing. And so there, I think we have, that's our advantage in the future is that we have so much depth and so many people who've gotten to compete. All right. You are, I mentioned the numbers person because Lindsay's able to put the numbers together. When I came in, when I walked in, uh, there was a very high-level coaches meeting that was going on. But they were turning to you like, okay, what does this look like? What does that look like? And here's what I took from it. It's really tight one through three right mm -hmm. now between Oklahoma, Michigan, and Florida. Lindsay, any of those three teams you feel like could go into the postseason as the number one seed, right? Yeah, I think any of those. I honestly think you could throw Utah in there even. If they have a couple big meets, Utah has a chance to you know, contend. But I if there's any of the results this weekend, Florida could be number one. We could be number one. Michigan could stay number one. I think there could be a major shift after this weekend specifically um, in those rankings. There really hasn't been a huge shift. You know, Michigan's been number one all season, and they've showed why they've been number one all season. They're an incredible team. Um, but, you know, we are an incredible team. Florida's an incredible team. They're, it's it's going to be tough going into the postseason to see who really – comes out you know we've got three meets left to kind of get that or four meets actually big 12s to get that score that'll make us number one um but you know you just you want to be a top four seed that's the goal is to be a top four seed and have that advantage in regionals and going into nationals how impressed have you been with jordan bowers um 10 individual event titles this year really seems like she's uh pretty strong for freshmen yeah she's doing great you know she i think in that first meet she went after back-to-back -back tens on vault and she sat her vault but the way she responded was so impressive to me. She went to bars and acted like vault had never happened. She went to beam, acted like vault had never happened. You know, she has this way of re responding to her mistakes. And there's not a lot of people who can do that. And it takes a lot of mental strength. You know, Olivia Troutman's another one of those people who is so mentally tough. If a mistake happens, she's got it. You know you're back on track with Olivia or with Jordan. And speaking of Olivia, overcoming adversity, sitting here talking to you, you can just sense the attitude the energy the perspective that she has she's it's great to add her for the rest of the season isn't it oh yeah i mean i just add her i, guess, I joke I with say, her right? every year i'm like i'm putting you in a bubble like i am going to i'm personally am going to put you in a bubble because i am tired of you being hurt but 
you know, I don't know that there's anybody else on any of the teams I've been on that could have responded the way Olivia has. She just has that mental toughness that there's not a lot of people who have that. And she comes in and she's nine, nine first beam routine. And you're like, who, who does that? You know, a couple of years ago, she came back fault two back-to-back tens. And you're like, you're crazy. Like, how are you doing this? But she just, she has that mental toughness and that drive and, um, you know, I, I think a lot of younger athletes can really look to her for inspiration. And, you know, even I look up to her as like, hey, like when I have bad days, I'm like, if Olivia can get through these last four years of dealing with adversity, like I can get through things. All right. A lot of people are probably tuned in today that have never been to a women's gymnastics meet. Um, can you take us through the energy and the enthusiasm and the atmosphere inside the LNC and just how unique it is because KJ's always said this, and I know everyone's on a clock, but it fits into a perfect little like, two-hour window. It um, It's never going to go longer. It's never going to go shorter. There's energy throughout. It's just it's an event. Yeah, and, I mean, we're on ESPN2 um, tomorrow night at 745, and it's going to be 90 minutes. Like, it is a 90-minute window for TV, so you know, an hour and a half. You're in and out of there. Um, stick around for senior night, though. That's, that's right. going to be that's really right. fun. you got to stick around for our seniors. Um, but, you know, the energy is just – it's amazing. I loved going to meets when I was in college. Like my, I probably went to every single home meet, um, my four years here because I just loved the energy. And you know, from the minute they start the introduction and they bring the lights down and the intro video plays and you just, you get chills and I watch it up every time and I still get chills. And then they introduce the team and the lights come up and you're like, all right, let's like, we're ready to go. And there's nothing, there's nothing like, it, you know, cause I, I've, you know, go to basketball games and you, you hype it up and then it's like, okay, we're going to see a lot of back and forth. <laughs> Basketball is not my favorite sport, but you know, you see a lot of just like back and forth. Right. Okay. But gym is like every single routine counts in basketball. Sure. Every, every basket counts, but like, eh. and gym, it's real. I mean, you miss a basket and you're in trouble or you miss a routine. You're in trouble. You miss a basket. And it's like, ah, oh, we can make that up later, but you miss one routine. And now you've got to really, you know, you've got to hit. It's not like, you know, you come down the last two minutes and you're like, okay, everything counts. It's the whole hour and a half. It's nonstop action. It's nonstop. Do, do you know what I think the coolest thing about it is you might be focused on, let's say, the vault. And then all of a sudden, uh, right next to it is the uneven bars, and that'll take your attention. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's nonstop action. Yeah. I and, mean, and it's, and it's energy filled. And in a dual meet, you know, it alternates. So you get to watch every routine, but you watch – quads you know the quad meet at nationals and even i'm like i know i need to focus on my team but i'm like i really want to watch that routine <laughs> so i'm like all right i'm gonna watch you out of the corner of my eye so i can keep an eye on this floor routine over here because there's just so much excitement and so much going on and it is it truly is one of the best environments and the numbers there's a lot of numbers to a keep lot of numbers on, <laughs> but a, a magic number that we've always learned about is 198 that's the magic number right why because a lot of people don't hit 198, but it, <laughs> it's the expectation. Yeah, here, so isn't it? 198 is a 49.5 on every single event, which a 49.5 is an incredible score. That's mostly nine nines, and you're you know you're aiming for that nine nine. A nine eight five is good, but a nine nine a nine nine is better. A nine nine five is really good, and then you know you get to those nine nine seven fives and those tens. But when you can get when you can average a 49.5 on every event you're you're in the driver's seat and it, it's going to take a 198 i think you know to win nationals i think it's going to take a 198 to be the number one team michigan can put up a 198 but so can we we've already done it this season we've gone 198 too that's a that's a pretty big score 
So, you know, we've got the number one beam squad in the country, which I'm sure people were probably like, wow, this team had falls at the beginning of the year, and now they're the number one beam team. I mean, that just that shows our resilience right there. I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but since 2016, OU has had 39 scores of 198 or better and 46 such scores in program history. That's a big deal. But those are from Lindsay's game notes. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only reason and why I had any idea. Here's what's more incredible. Only 17 of those have happened at home. Wow. So we actually compete. I tell KJ all the time, like, we're road warriors. We compete so well away from And I think it's because we kind of thrive off the, like, oh, yeah, we're going to come in and we're going to beat you energy. You know, at home, we're like, yeah, it's home this. turf. But on right. the road, we're like, no, we're going to beat you. We're, we're going to take you down. I give uh, a lot of advice throughout this show on how to get tickets. So let's go through everything possible. Soonersports.com slash tickets. Um, you can, if you have the app, you can download, you mm-hmm. can buy tickets there. You can buy tickets at the door. At Walk the door, on right. up and you can get a ticket. We're going to have a fan fest um, starting awesome. at 6 o'clock tomorrow in the northeast corner um, of the LNC parking lot. We're going to have the meeting place food truck will be out there. We'll have some games, music, some gift card giveaways I've heard. Nice. So the face painter will be out there. He'll move inside once the meet starts. But we'll have a lot of really fun stuff um, in store. We've got some pretty cool light-up cowboy hats nice. for the fans. Nice. So that's a pretty exciting giveaway. Think about it. Baseball's down in Houston. Softball's off this weekend. Basketball's in Manhattan. Women's basketball is... They're not home till Saturday. Saturday, right? So let's go. Oh, yeah. And... Oh, what I forget? We are uh, auctioning off a -a one-of-a-kind Leo. It'll be up on the... Where on the concourse is going to be, Melissa? East Concourse. So head up there, giving away um, a silent auction. It's one of a kind, Leo. It's beautiful. Um, got some notes from the girls in there, so it's a really special um, item that people should definitely go and bid on. The, the fan, uh, fan fest is a great idea. Oh, I'm I so excited! That. And the weather's going to be great. What else are you going to do on a Friday night? You know, go to the Mont. Come over to go to the Mont for dinner. Come over to the L and C for dessert. You know, Let's get, plenty of parking. Ju- plenty of parking. <laughs> but we want you know. Three years ago today, we had ten thousand people in the Lloyd Noble Center for that UCLA meet and. That was the high, that's been, I mean, the national championship was the highlight of my career, but the highlight of my home gymnastics career was that, was so that cool. UCLA meet. It was awesome. So we really want to have a good crowd. Lindsay, uh, thank you so much for letting us come out today. It's always yeah. a blast to hear your voice. I guess we'll, uh, we'll schedule this again for what? Women's College World Series? Yeah. You I'll be, be the I'll be the local media coordinator for year four, so we've Let's got go. a new staff. But you know, excited. I haven't started planning meetings yet. No, thank no, goodness. No. You got but, plenty of time. But I got time. But yeah, I'll be I'll be out there again and looking forward to it. We'll see you uh, Friday night, right? Yes, seven forty-five. Right. Seven forty-five. Get out early, six o'clock for the fan fest. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back. Take a have final segment. Obviously, Tyler and Parker coming up here at two o'clock. We'll hang for a bit right here on the Plank Show. All right, final segment of the 1 o'clock hour. It's, I mean, I don't know, TJ. I guess I could still call it the Plank Show, right? Even though we swapped today. So technically, this is still part of Steely and Thune at noon. But knowing they went 9 to noon, I don't know. It's I'm overcomplicating this, aren't I? That's what's happening here. We're just confusing everybody all day long. We've gotten text on the text line talking about they didn't know what time it was now. They've ruined their lunch hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> their work day is longer now. So, I don't know. Seems very weird. I, I will say, I felt, so today, before we came over here to the women's gymnastics practice facility, the Sam Vierson Gymnastics Complex, I, I literally felt from about, 
the start of the day until I hit the air at noon, like something was wrong. It's like I've missed something. I'm supposed to be somewhere. I didn't do what I was responsible for. And thankfully, we got here and it just rolled. Thanks to KJ for allowing us to do this. Obviously, Lindsay and Caitlin and everyone who worked hard behind the scenes, Perry too, because I was, I, got, I won't lie to you, I was, I was kind of adamant. It's like, listen, my show's nine to noon. I, I, I don't, I don't know how we're going to get out there from noon until two or two thirty, and I've got a show this afternoon, so it kind of makes it tough. But thankfully, we're able to get something to work out. And I, I thought this was cool. I thought we learned a lot today, in advance of what is an historic day tomorrow, as Oklahoma takes on Michigan. It's a rematch of the national championship showdown. It's essentially one versus two. Florida's in that mix. Utah's in that mix as a team that could end up as the number one overall seed headed into the postseason. I mean, there there's still work to be done. This isn't the end of the season by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it, it's not as if after Monday night you get to – or, excuse me, Friday night you get to hang things up. The Sooners still are going to head down to Denton and compete. They're going to head out to Arizona and compete against Arizona State and Boise State. The Big 12 championship uh, before regionals, but it's it's really a massive event from the perspective of trying to get a great crowd and wanting to get a great crowd out here and a team that's deserving of a great crowd Friday night against Michigan. Again, tickets are available, Soonersports.com. As Lindsay said, you can walk up and buy tickets as well. The meet starts at 7.45. Yes, if you're in the Tulsa area, can't get down, try to. But it will be televised on ESPN. It fits into a perfect broadcast window. All right, when we come back, I'll hit some of the top five stories of the day. Get you ready for Tyler and Teddy coming up. It's Plank Show on campus on the home of Sooner fans. Still got some more women's gymnastics to get to, but the latest from the combine, including what we can expect from the 11 Sooners that are on hand in Indianapolis, plus the never-ending conversation about hand size. We'll explain next. All right, so this is a little bit of a unique day. I think I can quit saying a little bit. It's a unique day for us, and uh, it's the Plank Show kind of, but I'm only – I only got you for the next 30 minutes before Tyler and Parker Thune, Tyler McComas and Parker Thune get back into their regular time slot. The reason is a good one. Uh, we flip-flopped with Mike Steely today because we wanted to give all the promotion we possibly could the day before OU Women's Gymnastics takes on Michigan in a one-versus-two matchup in women's gym inside the LNC. And KJ's been kind enough to give us time every Tuesday on the show. So we thought, let's go. Let's, Let's spend some time out here. We didn't want to do it on the day of the meet. It'd kind of be pointless for me to come out here from 9 to noon because we'd be live during coaches' meetings. I don't think KJ or Tom or Lou want that. Uh, I know Lindsay doesn't, but it was fun, and uh, it was great. We talked to a lot of athletes. I had a I had a moment where I realized that one of the sophomores on this team is – I've been watching her as a kid for years, so that was pretty cool. And it looks like Olivia Troutman is going to be competing real soon, and we'll see, we'll see what the future holds for her. But it's going to be an exciting Friday night inside the Lloyd Noble Center. All right, so to add to the confusion, am I to understand that we handed mesh handoff, football, baton, whatever term you want to use, 
from TJ Perry to one Drake Dykin in the Brown O'Haver Studios? That's right. Uh, uh, yes. TJ had the read option. He handed it off to me, so I've got the uh, got the pig skin for the next hey, 30. you forgot the proper way we answer those questions. Yeah. Come on, Drake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I was giving you – I don't know if you heard the crossover yesterday because if there's anyone who is, is dialed in more to the ref than you, I don't know who it is. But I was giving you credit yeah, on the basketball I heard broadcast. I heard that. Yeah, you hear yeah, that? Yeah, It's absolutely. like it's become a three-man booth. Yeah. I'm very, I was very, You asked a question of Kevin. I was like, that's a really good question. And I felt, you know, football flashbacks, right? Nobody knows the 8,000 questions I'm bugging everyone with. It's like, mm-hmm. Gabe, do you want me to ask you about this? Teddy, what do you think about this? Uh, I, I I felt I was pumped up, dude. That was well done. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's uh, that's been a fun little thing to do because it was that awkward thing, and Toby kind of explained it uh, yesterday whenever you brought it up. Yeah. Is that it was it used to be kind of awkward because it'd just be like I would do these two reads, and it's just to kind of give Toby's voice a little bit of right. a break uh, coming back from those breaks, and uh, it used to be well, Michael would just kind of hand it off to Kevin, just say, yep. Kevin, and Toby, then, and then Kevin. Uh, Kevin would just read off the score, and he would kind of go into some spiel. I was like, I just kind of got to the point where it's like it just feels awkward. You. So, yeah, look at you. Yep. Well, so. well done, well done. Um, I got a lot of stuff to get to. Okay. So we're obviously I didn't magically move anywhere. I'm still sitting here in Coach's uh, meeting room inside the women's gymnastics and the men's gym complex. But uh, there was a couple things I wanted to hit on before we got too carried away today. And it's good that you're in here because one of them involves your beloved Indianapolis Colts. Now, Mm. the combine is going on as we speak. I believe we start running at 4 o'clock today. So you'll start seeing some numbers that are posted. But 4 o'clock today, uh, the offensive linemen are meeting. Uh, Evan Neal is dominating all the headlines today because of the – the pictures of him and how he's transformed his body since the end of the season. He is the presumed and assumed number one pick in April's NFL draft. But I got to tell you something. There is a lot of buzz building about everything but the draftable prospects. And the reason is this is this is a learning process for me. I love the combine. I love everything about the NFL combine. I love the 40 times. I love the height, weight. I love the hand conversation. We've had hand measurement questions all day about Kenny Pickett's hand only being eight and a half inches. Uh, and what is it? The only other quarterback that was eight and a half inches that had success was Michael Vick and small hands, fumbled the football 26 times in college. You know, all these things had come up. But in the NFL now, the combine has become less about talent evaluation and more about coaches, agents, and GMs kind of feeling out, all right, is this guy available? Does this guy want to come here? It's a process of figuring out who's going where. And yesterday, Drake Dyke, now did you do any shows? Were you on the air at all yesterday? No, no, I was not. Okay. No. I don't know if we have a if I don't know if we have an equivalent of a no from our yeah. yeah but we didn't work no. on it. Yeah. Um so Your boy, Carson Wentz, Mm -hmm. was front and center because Frank Reich met with the media. Now, quarterbacks all over the place. Today there's a rumor that Jimmy Garoppolo could be very high on the Pittsburgh Steelers radar and that maybe he's the guy they're looking at. Mitch Trubisky was yesterday. Here's what Frank Reich had to say about the future of one Carson Wentz because, let's remember, it was last year, I want to say around this time, maybe it was after the draft, 
whenever the trade was made to bring Carson to Indy. Uh, Indy. They gave up the first-round pick in this year's draft, but will Carson Wentz be the starting quarterback for the Colts next year, Frank Wright? I know I believe in Carson. You know, I stuck my neck out for him. So, um, you know, last year I was a big part of big part of that decision to get him here. You know, I believe he's going to continue to have a lot of success at quarterback. That might be here. It might not be here. That decision has yet to be determined. Hmm. And Ooh. and again, to kind of put an explanation, an exclamation point on that. Here's another part of it. Right, we know in this business, everybody and everything gets evaluated every year. And the second thing we know about that process is head coach and quarterback are under the most scrutiny. So, yeah, we're in the middle of that process. Woo. All right. So there you go. Before we get to Russell Wilson and before we hear from what some people feel is the best quarterback in this draft, Drake Dyken, diehard Indianapolis Colts fan, that is anything but an endorsement of this dude as the Colts quarterback next year, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a coach that, uh, lost his last, uh, two games that he was heavily favored in, uh, that missed the playoffs with, uh, one of the best defenses in the league and, uh, just had terrible quarterback play. So yeah, that's what that sounds like to me. Yeah. It's, it's not a ringing endorsement, especially as Frank Reich mentioned, this is a guy that was super instrumental in bringing Carson Wentz in. He sure. was very involved with him uh, in Philly's run to the Super Bowl that year. Uh, obviously, Carson wasn't the quarterback at the end of the season because of injuries, but Carson Wentz had his best season that year, and that's kind of how it is that Frank Wright was able to parlay that into the Colts job. So if... If you're getting that from Frank Reich, it's it, it. They might as well just play, be playing Happy Trails in the background for Carson Wentz because. I, I was thinking the same thing. Oof. Yeah. So again, let me reiterate. I love the forties. I love the debates over guys shooting up and down draft boards. The reality is that. There's pro days at schools that are coming up mm -hmm. where coaches might be able to get a little bit more involved than they need to now. So the sense is that the combine has become a little bit more about player movement than it is player evaluation. Not that it doesn't happen, right? You still have the psychologicals, the very short meetings. You only get a limited amount of time. Uh, you still have, you know, obviously the testing, but you don't get your proverbial hands on the dudes like you do, say, with um, with the pro days. So that's that's the latest on, on Wentz. Yes, you can save your tweets. I've seen what Spencer Rattler had to say about Lincoln Riley. Let me finish this other quarterback conversation here quickly. Is Russell Wilson on the move? Pete Carroll. Conversations about everybody. We talk about everybody, and that's commonplace for us to have conversations with teams about all of the players, particularly marquee players. And that's not changed. It's been the same every year we've been here. So it's the same as it's been. We have no intention of making any any move there. Um, but the conversations, John has to feel those he always has. Uh, but nothing specific to to that. So, again, another Drake, very generic. Well, let me rephrase that. I thought Frank Reichs was pretty specific, yeah. right? Yeah. He believes in Carson Wentz. It just doesn't appear as if Carson Wentz's future <laughs> yeah. is going to be in, in, in Indy, right? Yeah. We, we both took that away. Okay. Anyway, but two, 
Pete Carroll, I thought, and I'm probably going to listen to that thing like 10 more times before the show tomorrow. I don't know about you, Drake, but I felt like he left the door open for anything to happen there, right? It is, if it's going to end up being him somewhere else, hey, you got to listen to that conversation. I mean, we don't have an intention of making that move, but you come at us with three ones and a two, maybe things change. Yeah, I, I think that Pete Carroll, because of how closely he works with the front office and everything, um, because of his track record with Seattle, I, I think that he wants to leave that door open to have that kind of kind of prize uh, trade offer like the Lions got for Stafford this last offseason, right? right? Yep. I mean, you, you yep. always want to yep. leave that possibility open that if this guy does indeed want out, he doesn't want to be in Seattle anymore. Yeah, we can at least get a King's Ransom for if. You start dismissing it, and then all of a sudden he starts sitting out. He holds out, and uh, all of a sudden you have a guy that is you're getting into July and has still yet to report for any type of uh, training camp or anything. Then you've got a big problem on your hands if you're Seattle. So try to keep him as happy as possible. And uh, like I, th- I feel like that answer is also very vague too for uh, Pete Carroll. Like. Yeah, I mean, they they might be having conversations about it. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's kind of how I took it. It's like, yeah, the front office might be right. talking about some of uh, Russell Wilson. They they talk they talk about everybody every off season though. They feel calls for yeah, everybody. You know, they so talk about- they're they're not going to be like, yeah, don't let's not talk about that. But yeah, that's that's the um, way I take it. Is him being very vague and being like, sure, they might be. I don't know. I'm not privy to that, which we all know is a load of baloney. Right, exactly. You're right there involved with it. You have, you're not some first or second year coach. You're right in the midst of this. You're you've won a Super Bowl. You are a a major part of the decision making process that takes place in Seattle. All right. Two other quarterback situations. One of those, there's not going to be anything that happens in Tennessee this offseason with Ryan Tannehill. But that doesn't mean that John Robinson and Mike Vrabel haven't gone out of their way to undercut Ryan Tannehill at every turn so far this offseason. Any quarterback in this league has to to be able to do that, have a relationship with guys and, and, and get us in the right play and be decisive with the football, stand in the pocket, deliver it under duress, be accurate, uh, make great decisions. I think those are all things that you know, we'll always ask of, of Ryan or whoever's back there. Yeah, okay. Again, Ryan Tannehill, he got a year. You don't get us there with this defense and this roster. We're moving on. Meanwhile... Howie Roseman appears to give one of the greatest votes of confidence ever to a quarterback. We got to continue to add good players. We got to continue to make sure that we're doing everything we can to maximize our players' ability to be successful. Um, and certainly that starts at the quarterback position with Jalen. So it wasn't that starts at the quarterback position with somebody, it is that starts at the quarterback position with Jalen Hurts. Hmm. Not too shabby. Now, we'll see. A lot of things can change, right? A lot of a lot of perspectives can be different. But I'll tell you this much. It is f- fascinating to see how this quarterback kind of carousel ends up playing out. Because I still, 
On my list at home, I have 18 places heading into last year that I thought could have a quarterback change. And all was said and done, I think 14 of them ended up having a, a potential quarterback change. Seven of those 14 are in the, the, the game for a new quarterback again this season. And who knows if you're going to start adding places like, I don't know, maybe Seattle, maybe Vegas, even though everything Vegas has said is all Derek Carr-centric. Maybe Philadelphia, if something happens with Deshaun Watson, who knows. But, Drake, before we break, I don't know about you, I think that we're set for another seismic shift in quarterback moves this offseason. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you brought up some of the names there. I mean, Russell Wilson, obviously, that we just talked about. Deshaun Watson, somebody that everybody's kind of forgotten about, it seems like, because, well, he didn't play at all this last year, obviously. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, that entire saga, I mean, he sends out a uh, Instagram post that just talks about gratitude, and it breaks all of NFL uh, yeah. beat writers' minds uh, for about 72 hours. And then, I mean... You have, there might not be anything that happens with it, but I mean, you have the whole Kyler Murray stuff about him scrubbing his entire Instagram of everything Arizona Cardinal related. So, I mean, well, that's a good point. That's four guys that are have been either straight up an MVP winner or have been uh, somewhere around two or three for an MVP race uh, just in the last four or five years. So. And it could be absolutely fascinating if you see just two of those guys move. But if you see all four of those guys move, seismic shift is the perfect way to put that because there there's not any other way to describe it. It is a huge foundational shift in all of the NFL because you would have Green Bay and Seattle that have had great stability for a decade now plus – at the quarterback position with two MVP type of quarterbacks all of a sudden up yeah. and leave. You could potentially have the Cardinals lose their guy that they saw as being their franchise cornerstone mo moving forward for possibly the next decade. And then Deshaun Watson, a guy that could be a franchise quarterback for the next five to six years for and obviously sat out this entire last year. So you have an extra franchise quarterback that didn't even play in the NFL last year that could be added to a roster this year. Spencer Rattler spoke with the media. When we come back, we'll hear what the former Sooner, current Gamecock, had to say about his time at Oklahoma. It's eye-opening, and it's next right here on The Plank Show. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Got a few minutes left here before Tyler McComas takes over. Drake Tyken's been kind enough to hang out with us. Okay, uh, he's been making the rounds. Spencer Rattler met with the media for the first time yesterday. Looks good, looks great. Hair's growing out a little bit. And he was asked about the system in South Carolina and the difference between what he played in in Oklahoma. Great question. Uh, that was another big, big thing uh, for me to come here. Um, the system is definitely you know, levels up of a pro-style type system, you know. Um, I'm learning a lot of new things every day, terminology, uh, verbiage that I, I, I didn't know, you know, coming in. Um, so that, that's a big thing. Coach Satterfield, uh, Coach Nick Coleman have done a great job with me so far. Uh, my first month here, I've, I've learned probably more in a month than I have in my college career, which sounds crazy. But uh, with these pro-style type systems and the film we're watching, the plays we're running, um, 
I think it just elevates everybody's game, you know, on the team mentally and obviously, you know, physically on the field. Now, I want to I want to take that from two perspectives, Drake. If Spencer Rattler said that while Lincoln Riley was still the head coach at Oklahoma and was still running the show, dude, he would be one of the greatest heels in Oklahoma football history, right? If Lincoln had never left for USC and if he said that, it would go down as, oh, whatever, you just couldn't handle it, blah, blah, blah. Now, now when he says it, after Lincoln did what he did and Caleb Williams did what he did, it's celebrated as one of the greatest takes ever, right? He basically just said, I've learned more in a couple of months at South Carolina than I ever did under Lincoln Riley. Well, that can't be right, Plank, because Lincoln Riley is supposed to be the uh, guy that's basically reinvented offense altogether in all of college football, right? Uh, that is, and I told you in the break, this was going to be the first time that I uh, hear this and I would be reacting live. That is is just absolutely fantastic. And you, right. you, you, you hit the nail on that. It, it, <laughs> is, it is the biggest hall pass ever to drag Lincoln Riley all he wants whenever he exited for USC. OU fans would have been all about just bearing Spencer. Because you, you remember what they were saying about him when he was still starting at OU. Could you imagine <laughs> yes. uh, what would happen when he left and if Lincoln Riley were still there and the way that uh, OU fans would react? It would have been it would have been vicious on social media for him. Like it what we've seen from Lincoln in terms of not wanting to get on uh social media at all, you would have seen the same thing from Spencer Rattler. But like you said, because Lincoln leaves in the way he did and everything yeah, OU fans, I'm sure, have been lauding him all over social media, just giving him big oh. old attaboy points. It, it, and it's funny because, again, it, it is a matter of perspective, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I've said this a lot. I'm, I'm, I've never been the big dude that is and, – and if you can't be, I'm not here to judge you. I've never been a big, oh, mule shoe snake yeah, no. or Tebow. I, I'm not either. I, I've had the – I've called it the Vin- – and I know Vince McMahon is on Pat McAfee's show right now. It's the Vince McMahon mindset. Love for you to stay, but if you don't want, you don't want to be here, what's the great line from Tombstone? Well, bye. bye. You know, it's like, <laughs> yo, bye. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Go to your thing. I'm so happy about the future of Oklahoma football. I'm on cloud nine about it right yeah. now. But there's some of you who obviously are still bent about the way this thing ended, and I completely understand you should be. I'm not here to tell you how to act. It's been great for our station. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of wild to think about that line from Spencer Rattler. And just it speaks so differently to us today than maybe it might have, say, four months ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If, if he had transferred in, like, the first week of December and did his first press conference that week, heading into the big uh, – well, I guess heading into Bedlam, he would have to do. Then his first, and we're like, oh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. You're you ignoring my buddy on Campus Corner. You're a jerk anyway. I saw the Netflix documentary. <laughs> now all of a sudden he says it after Lincoln's left and we've had a little perspective. Yeah. And you're like, King, go off, King. You tell him, King. It's, it's so uh, wild to think about. It's funny. Like, had any of us talked about in late August – 
or even mid-September talking about OU football that, okay, first thing, they're going to go to the Alamo Bowl. And this is with the expectations that everybody had entering the season. Sure. Like, by the way, Spencer Rattler, he won't be the starter by the end of the year. He will not win a Heisman <laughs> Trophy. By the way, You're crazy. Uh, Lincoln Riley at the end of the season, he'll leave before the bowl game. He'll be gone. He'll be gone. Uh, also, there's more. Spencer Rattler, he's going to transfer out. Also, Caleb Williams, even though he comes in and starts half the season, he's also going to leave. Like, all of these things, it just – I just have to remind myself that this is happening in reality because it feels like it has just been a constant soap opera the last six months in OU football. It's insane the amount of, like – It's insane. News overload that Sooner fans have had to take in the last six months. It's wild to me because, like you said, it was – it almost – be too I'd be too shocked to believe any of it if you would have told me this six months ago. Hey dude, here's what's gonna happen. I've come to you from the future. <laughs> Number one, Lincoln Riley's not gonna be the head coach at OU. I could see that. But it's gonna be USC. What? What? You know, I just as oh, Spencer he's going to take the Cowboys the job, guy, right? He, that that would have been the response. Right? Right. He'll take the Cowboys right. job at some point, I'm sure. No. No. That's <laughs> not what's happening. Will. All right, listen, Tyler's rolling in. Drake, thanks for letting me hang for an extra 30. I'll be back in my normal time slot tomorrow with Josh Helmer from 9 to noon. Do with what you want the take for Spencer Rattler. We'll talk more about it on tomorrow's Plank Show. Uh, also tomorrow you'll hear from Patty Gasol. You'll hear from Jocelyn Allo. Got a busy show leading up to a bye week for the Sooners right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Thanks to Women's Jim for having us out. We'll see you back on a Monday, or on a Friday. Tyler is next.